Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show. And this one is going to be interesting, because we actually were hitting up a new release that we somehow... We, we missed it at the theatres because it was limited screenings and we didn't get a chance to go see it at the time, mm. uh, way back at the start of the summer. However, uh, it's coming to home video and your video on-demand services, so we'd finally get a chance to look at It Comes at Night, starring Joel Edgar, and, uh, directed by Trey Edward Schultz. We're going to talk about this, and this is the funny thing, is I, I remember seeing the trailer, and I liked the poster, but I really mm-hmm. didn't know what it was about. You know, I had a cool title, I had a cool poster. <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> I, I was kind of worried that it was going to be what I thought it was going to be, and I was right. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, we're going to start spoiler-free. Uh, we'll give you a warning before we do spoilers, uh, as per usual. Uh, well, I'll get to ask my question, because Tim already answered it. Mm-hmm. I usually tell you what it's well, about, and then say, Tim, did you like it? And then you, mm-hmm. you give a couple of seconds of suspense, mm-hmm. and then you like, drum roll, and then you, then you say... Well, you, well, I, I mean, I'm not showing all my my cards yet. I okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I still might surprise you. <laughs> so, what is it? I actually like. I really didn't know. I was really surprised when the movie started to discover that it was actually kind of a a post apocalyptic kind of dystopian type movie, mm-hmm. where the world has seemingly had like a, a virus outbreak that's killing people. There's no zombies or anything like that, but it's just people are dying. Uh, very contagious, uh, and our main characters live alone in this house in the woods which is kind of how they're surviving. Uh, they're on their own. Uh, you've got Joel Edgerton's character uh, named Paul, his wife Sarah, and their son Travis. Uh, they're living together. They've got a dog as well named Stanley, and they're mm-hmm. just kind of dealing with things. The movie starts with them actually killing and burying uh, uh, Sarah's father, uh, the, the grandfather of the, the story. Because um, we start off with him infected, and that's how we're sort of introduced to the world and how dark it is. And it's a very dark film. It's very, it's a very moody, depressing film, honestly. Because it's very, <laughs> it feels like there's no hope for anything. Uh, and yeah, so the, most of the plot though comes from the fact that they encounter another person uh, who may or may not right. also have a family. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm being very, very uh, vague on purpose. Careful, yes. I'm being careful. Gotcha. Is what I'm saying. Because um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of suspense in the film about various things that I don't want to spoil. Uh, so I think that is where we'll leave plot. There's, there's a constant concern that they're they're getting sick, of course, um, mm-hmm. and there's hints of other things as well. But again, I don't really want to go into spoilers. So that's as much as I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you right now in the spoiler-free section. I will say it's incredibly tense. There's a, a lot of the stories about trust and mistrust, and like, can you trust someone else? Uh, and a lot of drama and tension comes from that. Um, and you're probably saying, is it a horror movie? Like, it doesn't really sound like a horror movie so far. It is. It absolutely is a horror film, 100%. Uh, despite what Tim might be about to say, because I feel like he may argue with me on that. No, I, I, okay. I wouldn't argue with that, no. Awesome. <laughs> well, you already kind of spoiled it, but uh, <laughs> Tim, did you enjoy It Comes at Night? I think this was a very well-made movie that I did not care about. Um. I I think technically like everything about it is well done. You know the I th- I thought the you know direction was good. All the acting is really good. Uh, you know cinematography, everything it, it looked beautiful. It sounded great. But at the end of the day, I was just really bored. I did not find the story interesting at all. Uh, and 
I can't really go too much more into uh, oh, no, without no, no. being spoilery, but yeah, yeah, yeah we'll... that's it. It's it's definitely well well made. Like I don't want to you know say like oh this was like a crappy movie. The people didn't know what they're doing, but uh, the I guess basically the story kind of bored me. I loved it. Uh, I knew it. What do you mean, do it? Did you know it? I, I think I have a sense for the type of movies uh, that you like usually, but. You mean the type of movies that you know you're wrong about, but you feel that way anyway? I don't know how you can be wrong about an opinion, but sure, if that's the way you feel. I don't know how you can be either, Tim, but somehow you prove it time <laughs> after time after time. You come out of the show and you prove that opinions can be wrong. Uh, <laughs> seriously, though, I like you say, technically it's very good. There's a lot of fantastic... It, it shoots night very well. I loved... Uh, the use of light, especially, there was a lot of like gas lantern sort of usage, and mm-hmm. like whenever someone was walking like past like the you know, up up and down the stairs, and you see the, the light shafts coming through the beams, and it would be moving as, yeah. as they were walking down and stuff. Like visually stunning, and it used a lot of visual tricks mm-hmm. that I really liked. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I thought it was incredibly well crafted because it was extremely tense, and I liked it for a lot of different reasons. One. The, the the horror of the story, it hints at other things, but the horror of the story is actually something very simple. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I don't I can't really go into too much without going into spoilers, so we'll save that for spoiler territory, but I like what the movie's really about. Um, I like... I just... I, I like the <laughs> overall... I don't want to spoil anything, and a lot of what I like about it, I can't it, even talk about. Because it it, it's, it's one of those movies where you can't not spoil it as soon as you start talking about plot. It... It's like you said, uh, you know, from the title, the poster, even the trailer, which I watched before, really doesn't give you much of an idea of what the story is no. about. So it's pretty hard to talk about it without the you know, spoiling. Ol- the only thing I'll say about the title and the, the maybe the trailer is that you might think, oh, it's called It Comes at Night. This is a monster movie. This is about a monster who shows up at night. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> that is not what the movie is. Uh, so maybe leave that at the door and go on with just sort of blank and find out what it is. Uh, Which, you know, uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, that might have been you know part of my problem, you know, with it as well. Um, because I I think even if you looked at the um, like IMDb like uh, little summary or whatever they have on their page i think it even says something about like oh uh you know a supernatural occurrence or or something and yeah there's you know none of that i don't know i thought it was like a maybe if i wasn't you know uh thinking that there might be you know uh, it might be like a monster in the woods kind of movie or something i i might have just to uh correct it doesn't say supernatural because i'm looking at it right now it says unnatural threat oh okay I mean, it's still, you know, without not really knowing much, like, and still in my head, I'm thinking, like, all right, you know, are we going to have some type of monster movie or something? Which, um, I don't know. I was, that that was kind of my concern. I alluded to early, though. I didn't think I, I thought that that's what I was hoping for, but that there, wasn't what I was going to get. <laughs> there was a because I wasn't sure because even at the start of the movie, the first act, like I wasn't sure where it was going to go and what the movie was going to mm-hmm. be ultimately about. Was it going to go down a certain path? And uh, there's a lot of possibilities that open up, and it, it definitely goes down one path. And 
I, th- I think for that first chunk when I thought it might or may not, there was definitely a moment though, maybe mm-hmm. 30 minutes in, where I said, no, I know what this isn't now. I know where this is going. And yeah. it's funny actually that you didn't like it that much because I actually think this shows a lot of similarities with The Witch. Interesting, okay. I can see a lot of parallels to be drawn in how the story is told, what it's kind of about, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of the, the pacing certainly feels very similar. Like I think you know mm-hmm. a lot of the people who complained that The Witch was boring and looked too slow, I think those same people will probably think the same thing about this. Yeah, uh, I, I could see that. I didn't really think about the those two before. Actually, but I can bit of trivia on, on that okay. subject, actually, just since I brought up The Witch. Apparently, the goat that played Black Phillip in The Witch is in this movie. It is? Yeah, oh like, there's, there's goats at one point, and apparently one of the goats is one of the goats from The Witch. Wow, I, I did but, not even notice that. But uh, I, I do remember uh, before saying that the, the goat was in another movie. I, I didn't realize it was this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. No, I, uh, I, I love The Witch, and I, and I know I, I probably sound like I'm... I, I don't know that I, I have sporadic tastes where similar movies I, I might like one and not the other but I don't know uh, it, it's hard for me to get mad at this one and you know and say like yeah I didn't really enjoy it but again everything was really well done like it's you know just I, I it's, don't know, it, and it's, it's oozing atmosphere and tension like there's so yeah. many scenes in this where you're worried about and again it, it ties into the idea of trust and like do you trust the other person and like there's so many times where you think oh this might just about to be a turn badly and there's even like yeah. a there's a specific video game as well that it was making me think of a lot that i'll again talk about in spoilers uh, uh so Sonic the hedgehog 2 yes i got that as well <laughs> yes yeah, uh, that's what it reminded me of no, uh, I, I do in all seriousness though uh you know i do wonder if uh our our backgrounds have anything to do with it because you know since you went to film school and stuff i feel like maybe you know, not that you have to go to film well, school to appreciate certain stuff, but I wonder it, if that just for the record though, like the school I went to, like it was it was more production based. Like I didn't study, okay. um, you know, th- you know, theory like film like, theory. Uh, I never did that. Okay, but but I imagine you know, and I mean, I could be wrong. And and again, you don't have to go to school for that stuff to appreciate, uh, you know, movies when you watch them. But I do wonder maybe if you know, uh, when a movie is more technically impressive, if maybe that's something you appreciate more, you know, with having a production background where, um, you know, I, I can, I can, I can see the skill in it, but maybe it doesn't do as much for me. Um, to a point, I, I just curious, but I don't think the technical aspects would ever carry it mm-hmm. on its own. Like, I, I think sure, that's discounting yeah. the, every, like other stuff in the movie was working for me. The, the technical aspects mm-hmm. heightened like what's there, which is what, what should, what it should be like a movie, should add, you know the script itself should be quality, and then all the all the other stuff that goes into it afterwards is what brings yeah. it up and heightens it and sort of shapes it into a movie. And uh, for me, the the characters and because it's a very personal story, it's a very like the actual horror and the actual kind of horror element uh, is very much because it was actually as much as I I knew what it wasn't about half an hour in. There was actually something else I thought it might be, and I thought that up until very near the end. Like I thought I knew where it was going, okay, and it didn't go that way. And I'll again, I'll talk about that in spoilers. Uh, but it, it was very much about the people and what they were going through, and kind of the horror of the situation and what that does to the human psyche and what that does to people. Like how do they then, 
Like, what do they turn into? What do they become because they're they're forced to do all these extreme things to survive? And you know, just like what, what does the world become when you're in this situation? And for me, that was where a lot of the really fascinating stuff was coming from. Yeah, I I think one problem I might have had though is I feel like this is something that I just I've seen before. Like I don't know, like so many other you know post-apocalyptic you know TV shows and movies. Now I didn't feel like it was treading you know new ground that much. Actually, I think it was, and I'll I, I can't really again say tell spoilers. But yeah, there's a no. there's a very specific spin in this that I think makes it entirely different from every other post-apocalyptic. Uh, okay. p- partly because it's so insular, like it's just it's one location in mm-hmm. the woods. Like you know, they never go to a city, you never go to like other places. It's just this one set of people try to survive uh, in one location. And you know, I love a bottle movie, Tim. Oh yeah. <laughs> But it isn't exactly a bottle movie. They do venture off into the woods a little bit from time yeah. to time, but like, yeah, still, it's more or less. It's, it's in the um, ballpark. It's bottle adjacent, as Matt would say. It is a bottle movie, but it's one of those big bottles, like big two liter <laughs> bottle. <laughs> not not a, okay. Not a, not a usual sort of like you know. I think normally you say bottle, you think of like a a coke bottle or maybe a beer bottle that kind of yeah. size. No, this is a big plastic bottle. This. I'm so gonna, like a. <laughs> Is a contender for like the Guinness Book of World Records biggest bottle. Well, no, because surely the biggest bottle is just the entire universe, so, which would make Star Wars the biggest bottle. Wow, I'm talking about actual bottles now, but oh, you're talking about actual bottles, okay? Yeah. Oh no, okay, right, we've veered off. Uh, <laughs> So I liked it a lot. Um, I can't really say much more. So I think with that, so we can stop yeah. dancing around things. Let's uh, give the spoiler warning and we can get into it. Uh, okay. But I, I will say, just before we go into spoilers, very slow, very brooding, full of tension, full of character. Um, it is a slow, dread-building story. Uh, so if you're someone who wants a quick-paced thing, or you, if, you, if, you just, if you do just want the monster movie that you think it sounds like, you know, that's not what it is, so don't go in expecting yeah. that. By the way, so full spoilers from this point on for It Comes at Night. Mm-hmm. So you said you hadn't, you'd seen this done before, or this didn't feel like it was doing anything overly new for the, the post-apocalyptic... Not, not, not that I really felt. See, I think it did, and I'll, I'll, okay. explain, I'll explain why. So to me, this, this group of characters, our main characters, uh, Edgerton's Paul and his family, mm-hmm. you know how in every, like post-apocalyptic story and you're usually following characters who are traveling uh, or in video game or tv show and they'll encounter the family or the group of people who seem nice at first but are actually not jobs Mm -hmm. that's who these people are the main characters of this movie are that random group of nut jobs that you encounter on your travels in any other movie like oh okay that's that's what this is like. The other characters, you know, Will and his family, uh, Will and Kim and their their son, they're the the regular heroes who are going through and try to survive, and they think they've found allies here, uh, but no, it turns out they're actually kind of, you know, crazy. Like, but, at least not crazy. Maybe crazy is not the right word, but they're they're striving so hard to survive and they've become so paranoid mm-hmm. that they've become these fringe like characters. Yeah, I, I mean that that is an interesting uh, take on it, but I don't know if we really have seen enough of the world to know if that's like you know if they are 
you know, this crazy set of like lunatic people, or if that's just kind of the norm of like what's going on now. Cause like the only time we ever encounter any other people is when, you know, he's going to get Will's family and they get attacked. Uh, out of oh nowhere. yeah, but I don't think you need to see the rest of the world. I think I think we take what we're given here and we can sort of fill in the gaps if you want to. You can think about what the rest of the world is. Um, but that's what it felt like to me. Like you know, when it gets towards the end of the movie, and they basically plan to kill Will and his family because they think, oh, if they leave, they'll go come back later when we're not expecting it and try and steal our supplies. So they, they you know, they, they they plan to kill them, including their son who's like five. Like you know, it's pretty mm-hmm. dark stuff. The whole movie's really dark, admittedly, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what it it does kind of uh, remind me of, which I mean, maybe I I don't know if you're as into it as much, but um, it actually reminded me of The Walking Dead, which um, I I feel like, you know, they kind of went places that I've seen. Um, I don't watch the show that much, but definitely in the comic. But um, I mean, to be fair, though, that's been (laughs) around for a long time. So there's probably a lot of stuff you could argue they haven't done. In that, yeah, I like like that. That made it interesting to me. But then the other thing that's really interesting is the fact that Travis, uh, well, uh, Paulson, uh, Travis to me is the most important character in the film. He's the point of the film. Uh, yeah. He he's the one who's having these nightmares uh, throughout the film. And every time he has a nightmare, the aspect ratio changes. It gets wider. It gets narrower on your TV. Like the black bars kind of come in and make it really thin. And it's like, you know, it feels claustrophobic and he's usually wandering around with the lantern at night and it's it's very atmospheric, again, beautifully shot. Um, and there was, a, there was a point in this movie where I really thought this film was building up to him going nuts and killing everyone. I okay. really I really thought that's where it was going for a long, long time. Uh, mm-hmm. There was lots of these subtle little hunts where he, or hunts, subtle little hints <laughs> where he was like starting to be attracted towards Kim. Uh, Will's wife, mm-hmm. and which made sense. He's like seventeen, and there's like no people around, and suddenly there's this woman who's not related to him around. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get why he's got feelings for her, why he's attracted to her, but mm-hmm. it, it felt kind of creepy. You know, the way he was getting into like that attic room and overhearing their conversations and listening, yeah. and it, it felt like he was going crazy, and it felt like the reason why he was going crazy was because of just the world he's living in. The movie opens with him oh, watching sure. his grandfather being murdered. Not mur- murdered's maybe not the right word, but killed because he's sick. Because he's sick, yeah. yeah. He used to be put down like a dog. Um, and then yeah, throughout I... the movie, there's, there's this fear that the rest of them will get sick. And, you know, when they start talking about, oh, we need to maybe kill the rest of this family, Travis is the one who says, no, but they're not sick. We, we can't do this. Travis yeah. is the one out of them who still has the most humanity, at least in this family. And living in this world, watching all these acts and all these things are having to do survive, it's basically just taking away his humanity, and he can't live with that, and that's where the nightmares are coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. At least that's how I was reading it. Either that, or he was sick the entire film, and the first symptoms of the, as you start having these nightmares, and your reality starts being hard to keep track of. I'm not sure which, oh, okay. but uh, yeah. you could read it that way as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought uh something weird was up with him uh i I didn't necessarily think that he was gonna kill anyone but like you said there were like weird scenes with him and kim uh i didn't know if that was you know gonna be if something was gonna happen between them that was gonna kind of cause a rift in the families you know one way or another um oh yeah i mean actually before we move on i should just to kind of explain what happens with like you know, in t- you know, in terms of why they're there, and like, mm-hmm. so basically, Will thinks their house is abandoned because it's all boarded up, which they've done for protection. Will 
tries to get in, they basically hold him at gunpoint, and because they're worried that he might have more people coming after him, that'll, you know, come and hurt them, they tie him up outside, uh, and there's some great scenes here where, where Paul comes up to interrogate him, and it's all close-ups, it's all these deep close-ups, because he's really watching, he's watching his body language, his eyes, like, trying to figure out if he's telling the truth, and Will tells him, oh no, we were at my brother's, and then we, we, we came to this other house and then we, we ran out of stuff so we, we drove but our car broke down so we're at this abandoned house nearby and it's me and my wife and my son it's just us we need help please 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 and you know eventually agrees like, let's go with them we'll take their supplies and bring them in they can come live with us so that so the plan is is that instead of trading something they can come to our house live with us there's more people to defend what we've got and mm-hmm. that's why they end up there so they come back but that's not to make light of that that's the, the entire first half of the movie is setting that yeah. up it's the interrogating of him. It's the kind of having trust of him to drive to his family. And then, you know, as you say, they get attacked by these random guys and they have to defend themselves. And uh, I was getting... The video game I mentioned was The Last of Us. I was getting a lot of The Last of Us vibes oh, from yeah. this movie. Like, the idea that, you know, raiders are, like, lying in wait to try and take kill you <laughs> so they can take your supplies and stuff. Like, it felt very Last of Us to me. Uh, and I do love that game, which is not why I love this movie, but it certainly there was some parallels in there. Uh, cool. The idea that there's no hope left, like the world's just gone to shit. Which again comes back yeah. to Travis uh, and his deteriorating mind. And because that's the thing, there's a couple of moments in the movie where they hint that there is something outside, that there is some kind of yeah. you know he he's seen things in his dreams. And at one point when the dog runs off into the woods, he runs off after it and he hears something. And yeah. I thought that was very no- notable because like you know a couple of scenes went by after that. And I'm like you know he's the only character who's actually heard or seen anything that would imply there is something out there. So the idea is something, you know, something does come at night. It's not a literal monster. It's something like, it's him sleepwalking. It's him having these nightmares. That's what's coming at night. Mm. That's what the movie's about. Uh, it's So, no, I, like, for me, like, his character was, his humanity stripping away, even though his father was, you know, still trying to be a family. They were still doing routine. They were still sitting down and having mm-hmm. dinner. They were still doing all these things. But regardless of all that, the, the, this world stripping everything away and you know not being able to be normal and not being able to treat other people with respect or trust anyone, it was just stripping mm-hmm. everything away and it was making him feel less of a human being. And that, you know, by the end of the movie, like after everything's happened, like he, you know, he's, he's deteriorating and, and he does get sick. Like that's kind of the end of the movie. Is he gets sick uh, after they suspect the other family's sick, and we never actually find out if they are. But there's a whole incident. We'll get into the actual details of that in a little bit, but. Um, uh, the, the movie is, is largely about like losing hope um, in a world that's so dark. Like if you've already lost your humanity, you've basically already lost. Like, at least that's how I was kind of what, what I was taking from. Because at the end of the movie, like both Paul and his wife Sarah, they they basically are just sitting there waiting for death. The final shot is them just kind of like we've, we've lost. Like our son's dead. Like our our son's dying. So yeah. why? What's the point anymore? Yeah, and that's kind of what I took away from it is it's basically, you know, showing how cold uh, and, you know, distance, uh, or, you know, people become, uh, you know, in this post-apocalyptic scenario. Everything is, it, you know, it's just about, you know, me and my immediate family protecting what we have at any costs and, you know, basically, yeah, losing your humanity uh, and then seeing everyone as a, you know, an enemy um, instead of, you know, you'd think in these kind of times, this is when people, you know, should be banding together, but instead, like, paranoia and 
that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, very. You know, went through. Full of paranoia, because like, this is the other thing: is to set up the house is like there's only they've blocked off every other entrance. There's one door that gets in and out of the house, and there's two doors sort of in this like hallway yeah. uh, to get out. And like there's a lot of like you know there's a lot of tense scenes of them staring at that door, holding up guns with their their gas masks on, which they yeah. keep putting on you know in case they get infected by something. And uh, full of tense stuff like that. Yeah, and they keep talking about this one door, how it must remain, you know, locked at night at all times, and then that kind of becomes a big plot point later on when, you know, uh, they wake up and see that it was opened during the night. Yeah, and they set um, up at that point, of course, that the young kid, uh, you know, Will's son, that he sleepwalks, and it sets up that it was probably him, like, and Travis sort of theorizes it must have been him because I have woken him up and like taken him back to bed uh, yeah. before. Um, but of course, like I, I honestly think that it was Travis that opened it, and I think tra- I think Travis's nightmares, some of that actually happens. Like he actually goes out with the lantern and looks. Yeah, yeah. I my takeaway is that it was Travis, but you know, he was probably so scared of his, uh, you know, dad or something that, yeah, he didn't want to admit to it that it was like, oh, know, no, I oh well, maybe. I, I don't think it's a case of admitting. I think I think he doesn't know. I honestly think he doesn't oh, really? know. Yeah, I, I, okay. I think he does it and he's sleeping and he doesn't know he's doing it. Um, right. You know, the whole idea of it comes at night being like, you know, maybe it's... The whole idea of him sleepwalking, it's almost like another version of himself takes over. Like, it comes at night is actually the other version of him. And I, I, I honestly don't think Travis knows that he, he did it. Right. If he did do it. And do you think that's a possible side effect of him being maybe infected or... If he's infected the whole movie, because because they don't they don't really lay out exact rules as to how long it takes to show off you know the symptoms and all that, and it's well, all... I, I thought in the beginning though doesn't he say like cause isn't that the whole reason why they tie um like Will out for like they leave him tied out for a yeah. day because he said symptoms usually show up within twenty four hours. Well, he says it's not it's not like super exact though. It it kind of feels okay. like okay, what what the visual symptoms that they know of show up after a day. Okay. Uh, yeah. But like, I was, I was just like, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking that, well, it doesn't sound like they know a whole lot about it beyond, but they get sick and they have boils all over them, and they, you know, they they, they yeah. die, right? Like, it doesn't really seem like they actually have like a scientific thing or a scientific knowledge of it. It's, you know, it feels like when this all started, it wasn't like it was a published. Oh, that's these are the symptoms of this disease. If it even has yeah. a name, like it may not have a name because like, it's, <laughs> it's just it's just happened. Um. And I was just thinking that maybe like that this is because I mean it goes against like either he's go, he's having these nightmares and all this is happening because of the 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 pressure the stress and the stripping away of humanity and he can't handle it. that's the real horror of the movie the horror is this is the world we live in now and what's the point of living if we can't even be nice to each other like what mm-hmm. like it's not enough to survive you have to actually be worthy of survival like is this really yeah. being alive. Like treating people this way, you know, shooting people in the head, you're killing families with their son. Like, yeah. is this worth being alive? If this is what alive is, yeah. this is the horror. That's you know the real horror. Because I, I think that's what I really like about the movie is when I realised what it was about, mm-hmm. at least to a point, is that oh, it's not a monster in the woods, and it's not like a supernatural force or anything like that. It is purely just. The hor- it's like it is taking the post-apocalyptic genre without any horror elements and turning mm. it into a horror story purely because of the the emo- what the human being has to do to survive in it. That's the horror, and it does that mm. effectively. Like it feels like a horror movie the whole time. It's not like 
it doesn't sound like a horror movie that much when you describe it, but mm. it's shot like a horror movie. It feels like a horror movie. Um, it, it's incredibly tense. Like, like I say, a lush this yeah. shooting at night and all the rest of it. Uh, but no. Uh, well, they, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can definitely make a case of the you know the paranoia and and stuff building with up in these people and you know the way they handle it. That's like the the horror element about it. But um, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, uh, I mean, maybe if I go back and and watch it, knowing more what it's about or something maybe i'll appreciate it but uh yeah i i do feel like i kind of <laughs> wished there was like something to latch on to like you know if, if there is a virus or something like it doesn't have to be like a full-on zombie but maybe it does make people do some type of weird thing or something that like i don't know they have some type of external threat that i could have latched on to and i think i might have enjoyed that more but I understand that's not what they are going for. Maybe that's just what I was expecting or something. Yeah, that, that would have taken away from away from it for me. I think because well, that's when it stops being kind of grounded. Like, because this this is a very like it's very bleak and obviously it's a post apocalyptic mm. movie, but it's not like I, I think there's an element of uh, not goofiness, but like once you introduce something like that, it it gives it a different feel. It gives it a different it's, tone. It it does feel grounded in a way, like. There's nothing about it that, honestly, you know, couldn't uh, be you know, you know perceivable if there was some type of event um, like this. You know that uh, you know I don't think this is like too far off uh, from you know something that could happen and, and from the way people would react to it. Well, I think that's kind of why it works so well for me is just from a character perspective mm-hmm. is that it doesn't fill in you all the details of what's went on in the world and even the characters don't even know what's went on all that much because like at one point he asked, well, are we in, were you in the city? Like, did I, you know, what, what was going on? Like, what's, it, what's the city like now? Like, the, you know, what's the population mm-hmm. actually doing? Um, but like, it's, it's their reactions to things that feel a bit more genuine. It, it, feels, it feels very... It's not sympathetic because it is so dark and it is so violent, but mm. it it feels so grounded uh, with how they like interpret things, how they react to things, uh, and like we say, so a big part of the movie is the the tension, the paranoia, the mistrust mm. of the other people, and they bring Will and his family into the house, and they have that dinner scene where they sit there and like, oh, here's what here's what the routine is, here's the rules, no one goes out at night, door stays locked, yeah, me or the wife have the keys, blah 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 blah. Um, and a big, and obviously we have the whole section where they are kind of functioning together. Uh, Travis gets that crush on mm-hmm. uh, on Kim, okay. and that all plays out. But the, the so, but the big obviously thing that happens is that is this incident with the door where mm-hmm. it was open. The dog who ran away came back. It was clearly sick, and they don't mm-hmm. know if the other family got sick. But they don't know if their son touched the dog and got sick. So they like they send them to another room. Like for safety's sake, you can stay in one room of the house. We'll stay in our room of the house. The whole families will stay separated, and we'll see what happens after a day or two. Um, but then Travis overhears them saying they want to leave, and it, you know, it sounds kind of like, oh, maybe the boy is sick, and they want to get away so they so they don't shoot them because they know what they'll do if they find out that he's sick mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Or maybe there's another reason, but. It gets suspicious, and then they grow mistrustful of that, and that's when they have this plan to like go and shoot them. And they, you know, it's again very tense. There's a lot of gun ho- pointing at each other, uh, and it ends in this this really shocking and disturbing like murder of this whole family, where they they shoot um like they sh- they shoot at the wife, but they actually hit the son first, and the mother's like, "You shot my baby! You shot my baby!" and 
then she gets shot. Like, the whole thing's super dark. Yeah. Uh, but there's little tidbits throughout. There's uh, like the scene where the uh, Will and Paul have that drink together, and they're oh, just, yeah. and they're reminiscing of like, oh, what did you do before now? And uh, Will's like, oh, I was an engineer. I did a bit of uh, construction kind of stuff, and uh, you know. Paul's just like, uh, yeah, I'm a history teacher, you know, you know, but the Roman Empire, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where Will slips up because Will's like, oh, I was, a, I was an only child. And the big thing in that interrogation scene earlier is that Paul was like, you, you need to make me believe you that this story's not bullshit, that you, everything you're telling me is true about your family, it's not other people that are going to try and murder us or anything like that. But he catches him in a kind of a lie here because he's like, I'm an only child. But in that story earlier on, he mentioned that they were at his brother's place, mm-hmm. and he's like, and he brings that up, and it's a very, it's like your heart kind of sinks during that moment because you're like, oh god, did he lie? <laughs> like, did he lie? Where's this going? And he kind of mm-hmm. like when he when when Paul hits back with, I thought you were at your brother's place. He's like, oh no, I met my my brother-in-law. It's uh, you know Kim's brother, and it's yeah. like, is mm-hmm. that genuine? Did he lie, or did, or you know, was that a genuine kind of thing where he either misspoke, or maybe he does like think of him as a brother, or? Yeah. But that's the thing, though, is why would he lie about that specific detail, especially when the rest of it turned out to be, you know, it was his wife and it was his son. There was no one else there. All the food mm-hmm. that he said he had, he had. Like, so why that detail? Why would he lie about that one? But the important part is that it's the seed of mistrust. It's like just as Paul is starting to actually trust him and like having him around. There's that seed because that's the scene ends there because he's sort of like oh well I think I'm done I'm going to bed like it, it, you know there's just this this underlying tension that's reignited from that moment on and it's just there yeah until things ramp up and we get the whole the whole scene at the end where he ends up shooting the family so yeah and I thought it was well done the way uh, you know Paul's like a very interesting character where you can kind of get the sense that he. Like he wants to be more trusting and almost that maybe he wants to like kind of have like, you know, a community or or more people around. But, you know, he is, you know, his number one concern is his family. So any little, you know, even the tiniest bit that may put them in danger, you can just see how that like instantly ramps him up and, you know, he gets him like super protective and stuff and. I, th- I think, you know, when I compare it to The Last of Us, I think there are some comparisons to make with Joel in that, if you've not played The Last of Us, basically what I mean by that is that he didn't start off as a bad person, and he is, like, he cares, the reason why he, he does what he does is to protect the people he cares about, but he goes to such lengths to do it that it kind of turns him into someone who isn't really that human. Like, he, you know, his first thought is to, oh, we should shoot him in the face because mm-hmm. it could be dangerous to let him live. Like, that's kind of how his mindset kind of works. Um, and you know there's lots of moments where you see him be very loving towards his wife towards his son where he, he just does not let his son go in to see the dog because A like it'll be too hard for him to see but B because yeah. uh, you might get infected like he's really strict about it but you can see like he's like don't make me be the bad guy here don't make me be the bad guy because I will I'm not letting you go in there like you can see that he's not just like an evil character that's what makes him interesting mm-hmm. he's someone who was a decent person but he's so obsessed with protecting himself and his mm-hmm. family that he does these absolutely insane things, and he's the way he thinks has just completely changed from when he presumably was, you know, before all this when things were normal. Yeah, and uh, I think again, if you want a really good long examination of something like that, the Walking Dead comics, uh, and, and maybe the TV show to an extent. I don't really watch it, but the the comics. So that's basically what it is. It's you know, the story of 
all these different people, but mostly, you know, this one man, Rick Grimes, and then what the lengths that he's willing to go to, you know, protect his family and his group and stuff. I feel um, like you're describing the plot of Walking Dead and like it's like the most watched TV show on the planet. Everyone is like, sitting <laughs> at home just like, Tim, you know about the Walking Dead. All right, we'll watch it. Um, yeah, I don't like the show. I thought I had a good pilot. Uh, I don't like the rest of the show all that much, though. It basically just goes downhill from there. Uh, the comic, yeah. uh, I do, I do like. Admittedly, I have not read it since about uh, issue one hundred and four, and it's like getting close to two hundred now. I think it's been co- yeah, it's, uh, it's getting high it, up there in numbers. It, it's it's a weird book where uh, I get it in trade, and like I almost never like think about it. Uh, but then when a new one comes out, I'm always like there was a time when it was like I couldn't get to the store fast enough and it's been around for so long now that it's kind of like I don't know should I keep getting this by I do always end up getting it and sure enough every time I get it I sit down and read it like you know cover to you know the back cover. like <laughs> cover, cover to cover is the phrase cover Tim. to cover <laughs> Yo, Tim that was a really impressive flub because you said the word you want you, you forgot right before you forgot it cover to um what's that word again what do you call the back cover (laughs) Uh, but yeah i i always manage to read it in one sitting because uh just yeah whenever i i start it just is so encaptivating i i agree um like i say like it was kind of losing steam for me around when i was getting towards the the hundred issue kind of mark but the first the first uh like eight volumes of that book oh yeah uh and maybe a little bit past that as well are really goddamn good. Like, yeah, I I read it all. I read all that stuff just before the show started. Like, cause I was like, I knew it was coming. I thought, oh, I want to try the book first. And you know, I read a good chunk of it, and it was it was good stuff. And it does deal with a lot of that 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 kind of thing. I think what this this movie does though, when I, when I'm comparing it to other post apocalyptic things like that, is it does it with this really apocalyptic sense of dread. Whereas so stuff like Walking Dead and even Last of Us to a point, it feels like a more conventional, and this is not a criticism of these things, uh, certainly not Last of Us, but it's, it's definitely a kind of a, a personal drama, whereas this doesn't feel like a drama, this feels like a sort of tragedy story where okay. it, like there's this foreboding sense of doom the entire time, but there is no hope, there is no sense of like getting through this, and the style, the way the nightmares are depicted, that, that this... You know, it almost feels Lovecraftian, like a cosmic horror mm. story where this this okay. thing is coming and coming and like, and it's not an actual thing that's coming. It's just like the end, the end of your lives, the end of this 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 setup of this family is inevitable. Like it's coming yeah. and it's counting down, um, and that's what you feel throughout the entire movie. Whereas yeah. the, those other stories, like they they're kind of ongoing and they have this purpose to yeah. get to where they're going and so on and so on. Uh, whereas this is just a complete tragedy where like yeah like they have no hope of survival and it's just never mm-hmm. and it, I, I think that's what I like about the ending is like you know the, the parents because the reason why you know at least the reason why I think they're they're both sitting there waiting for death is because as Travis is dying and he's sort of like delirious and he's coming in and out of it he sees his mother and she's like saying oh you, it's okay it's, it's almost dead. It's like she's trying to make him comfortable as he's dying mm-hmm. but she's not wearing the gas mask like every other time they've even had a hint of the, the disease is like around they've had a gas mask on uh, and I think they've just given up because like the, you yeah know. I mean the bit the big reason why they're doing this and being so protective uh is because of travis and without them it's kind of like well 
honestly what it what is the point of going on now yeah and i i, I kind of that's what i like about the ending and i'm sitting there waiting for death is it's like it's like it took that for them to realize like how much of their humanity they've lost like they killed a family yeah. and the, and a child and it was for nothing mm-hmm. you know it's like, that, that's like you can't get more tragic and dark than that <laughs> i mean you can but it, yeah you, you go to really dark dangerous places if you're going darker than this it's a very yeah. bleak story. It feels very bleak. It's not a not a cheery watch. I'll certainly say that. Yeah. I only laughed a couple of times. Very good. <laughs> very good. Uh, I, I will say that. I mean, I like the main criticism you had is you thought it was. Uh, well, you know, you, you thought it was boring because you didn't really care about what was what was going on. Um, yeah. I, I can't really give you a reason beyond everything I've already said, but I'll counter that just by saying that I did not feel that way. I, I did not feel bored. I felt very invested. <laughs> the entire time uh mainly yeah it was like style it was the character it was the mm-hmm. the tension um of like because i i don't think i've ever seen that that scene where he's interrogating him you know when when will's tied to the tree and mm-hmm. paul comes out to try and figure out if his story like what his story is and is his story bullshit and he's like you need to convince me that this is not bullshit you know if, if you convince me i'll give you this war because he's been you know, he's been tried to the tree for like a day at this point like but if you don't like things are going to get bad and it's like the, the tension in that scene the the weight that is put onto this like the the sense of danger because i think the movie does a really good job of making you feel like like paul's fear of what might happen should this guy have like a, a party of men who are like you know mm-hmm. waiting or looking for him like it really gives you that sense of how how desperate he is and how desperate he or how determined he is and what he's willing to go to to, to protect what he has um, yeah and so. then and as i'm watching it too i i am like like i did get bored but it was in, in a way where I, I could say this is like me personally i am bored but i can see why like other people wouldn't be and why other people would enjoy it like it's not like i was watching something i was going like oh, this movie's awful i don't see how anyone could like it it's like oh no like i definitely get like what they're going for and the vibe they're trying to do it just you know it just wasn't really my thing well that's a shame Tim that's <laughs> I mean shame. it's not like I, again I, I don't want to say that I necessarily hated it like I again I, I thought it was well done and I'm not mad that I watched it or anything it's just yeah I kind of knew pretty early on like alright uh, this is probably this is not going to be a bad movie but it's not going to be a movie that I'm going to rave about and then I'm assuming that I probably won't love it or anything, which is yeah, what kind of what happened. Well, that's a shame. It gets my recommendation. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought it was a good. I, I wouldn't turn people off from watching it for sure. Like it's yeah, you know, I, def- definitely give it a shot. It's a great slow build, full of tension, full of dread. I think the the paranoia that's played with is uh, very good, and like I say, the impending sense of doom throughout the entire thing, uh, I really really enjoyed. So yeah, and. Even even just the starkness of the violence as well, like you know when the the guys like jump out and attack them when they're trying to drive to Will's family, and you, you just like like you know the, the, you see the gun you know the bullet hits the, the the window at the side of the car and like yeah. Paul has to duck down and he's trying to get his gun ready and it's, it's all of it is just it's very edgier seat stuff. At least that's how I felt watching. I thought I thought the, oh. uh, the, the 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 tension and the the suspense maybe is the better word here. The suspense of a lot of the movie is handled very well. So oh yeah, I mean I would definitely say like 
that that scene was really good that was super intense like that's obviously not something that bored me and then th- there was you know a, a lot of other scenes that you know didn't bore me like you know the dream sequences were all really well done and you know very suspenseful and um and obviously the ending was you know pretty exciting uh exciting super depress- yeah exciting but, but yeah <laughs> Uh, I, but yeah, we, it's not like definitely that that those parts weren't boring or anything. Yeah, before we wrap up, we should probably talk a little bit more about the dreams themselves and what's mm-hmm. kind of it. So obviously, he tends to wander around with his lantern, and there's a lot of him like walking outside and looking for his dog and all the rest of it. But there's also stuff where he's like, uh, he has a dream about Kim like uh, wanting to have sex with him, but she ends up like throwing <laughs> blood up into his mouth and like all over his face. And... Yeah, it's like this very kind of like thick kind of almost like like black liquid kind of stuff yeah it's almost like uh it was like a sort of deep fear of like yeah like this family's going to like be the end of them like they are going to infect them um it's like he's scared of getting the disease for a start you also see uh, he also sees his grandfather who's still sick oh yeah um, and he you know he, he dreams of actually having the sickness himself and having the boils and the tumors and whatever else it is over his body and I think, you know, again, the idea that this, this incident with his grandfather, and that's the reason why we started the movie at that incident, is because that is really the the catalyst for the, why he feels the way he does and why he is on this downward spiral that's leading him where he's going. Um, and, you know, and part of me even wonders, like, did he did he kind of want it to be all over? Did, did Like, not, not consciously, but did subconsciously, did he, you know, go outside and leave that door open because... He wanted this to finally end. Like it just wasn't worth living anymore. Yeah, uh, I I wouldn't argue that. Um, yeah, because it is very very bleak. Or 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 is it just a simple case of if you if you constantly worry about something happening, it will. True. Yeah. You know, if you if you obsess and worry over something, it will just eventually happen. Um, but I don't know. Uh, but as I say, I I liked it a lot. Uh, pretty much loved it. Uh, the, so no. And I guess with that, we'll get... Unless you have anything else you want to add before we rate Tim? Uh, no, I think we covered it. <laughs> okay, Tim's desperate to stop talking about this. He clearly is just <laughs> as bored by this conversation as he was the movie. The Cretan. I just found out yesterday that he doesn't like Goonies either. It's like, what? I don't know. Tim. <laughs> You're getting harder and harder to take seriously, I'm not going to lie. So, what would you give it out of 10, then? Um... What 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 number comes at night? <laughs> uh, I mean, definitely gonna be lower than you, no doubt. Um, I I mean, I'm still gonna give it like, a, in my mind, a somewhat decent score again because everything is done very well, looks very nice, um, and yeah, there were you know scenes that you know did perk me up and interest me um there's just uh, again i was just bored through a good portion of it so i'm gonna give it a 6.5 which i still think is decent and a like a a score reflecting that there's a lot of good stuff to it but i think at the end of the day it's just more not my type of movie as opposed to it being something i legitimately think is bad or wasn't well done okay okay <laughs> um i am going to go with an 8.5 oh i knew uh, it <laughs> you knew it he's like you just you knew I literally no I, I literally was thinking that i was like i mm, bet okay. he's gonna give it eight no i bet 8.5 he'll go 
Yeah, I am going to. I'm going with eight point five. It's not going as high as a nine. Uh, the reason why I'm not going quite that high, I mean, it might grow there. You know, on repeat viewings down the line, it, it could because sometimes that happens. Um, but the reason why I'm not <laughs> going straight to the nine uh, right off the bat just now is mainly because I th- I almost think it sh- could could have been a little bit longer, and there could have just been a oh little bit God. more. <laughs> you say that as if it was a long movie. It was ninety minutes. Yeah, but. When you're bored, you want yeah, it to shut be up. Shut up, as you fast as possible. Tasteless hack, right? So, well, maybe if it was longer and they actually like explained stuff and talked more about, ooh, uh, you know, they explained no, it was like the T virus or something. No, no. Or... explanation is the last thing this movie needed. <laughs> explanation would have killed this movie. We don't need explanation, right? So, I I, I wouldn't have minded just a little bit more um, of a build, especially in the last act. Like maybe a bit more build to like, the decision to like you know go as extreme as it went, um, whereas because you know, it happens relatively quickly, it happens relatively suddenly, um, and I think a bit more there would a bit would uh, work quite well. Um, but what it does, I think it does very well. It does extremely well, in fact. So eight point five is where I'm landing, uh, and also I, I think uh, just just a final point that I forgot to uh, mention is. When Travis is starting to like grow attracted to Kim, and they have that you know that that uh, scene where he gets up at night because he can't sleep, and again that's a running theme that he can't sleep. He's not been sleeping a lot recently. He's been saying that, which is you know kind of a kind of a sign that maybe he is sleepwalking, like he's maybe sleeping and not realizing it because he's so like you know tired from not sleeping. He's you know he's exhausted. Um, you know, and they have that awkward moment where he kind of stares at her chest when she leans back and she gets uncomfortable. And you know they're, they're kind of bonding about the old times and what was nice and um, you know, talking about food and stuff. Talking about food and food they can't yeah. have anymore. Uh, and he reveals that he doesn't like cupcakes or ice cream. Really, any desserts. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, so so uh, maybe that's just showing you that he's different again. Perhaps uh, mm. to hint that he, he, he maybe is a but you know. When it, you know, I was thinking of the title, and it was getting a bit more sexual because he was sort of like mm-hmm. staring at her. Was that you know when he brings the kid back to their bedroom and he sort of just oh, looks God, at her Pete. for a little bit? Like, what? <laughs> okay, I know where you're going with it. Yeah, he brings the kid back to their bedroom and he just stares at her in bed because she's got like a leg out uh, a little bit longer than is normal, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's a bit creepy. Um, and I was just, I was thinking of the title. I'm like, it comes at night, and I'm like, I was like, oh, it's the urge that. Why are you shaking your head? You think I'm you think I'm going loose? No, it comes at night being the urge, like the idea of it's the it's the the urges that he's getting is going to be a big theme in the movie, and that's why I thought he might kind of go crazy and stuff towards the end. But uh, it didn't go down that route. It was more about just this uh, self impending doom, and it was tragedy and very bleak. But there you go. That is it. Comes at night. Which I was looking forward to watching, and why, why are you laughing every time I say the title now? <laughs> You're just thinking of a dick, aren't you? You're just thinking of a big dick. I mean, I'm, I'm usually am. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, uh, so that was a odd conversation. It always is when I really like something and Tim doesn't. It usually, turns into me explaining why the movie's good, and then Tim just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Go back to film school, film boy. <laughs> Go back to grade school, boy. Ah, uh, thank you for 
referencing one of the best horror movies of the last few years. I'm never going to justify that joke with a response. <laughs> and that was a joke. I, I know deep down you might, you might think that was just a factual statement, but that was a joke. The boy... Oh, no. No. Good stuff. No. This was vastly superior to the boy, just for the record. It comes at night, Dan circles around the boy like it was yeah. nothing. I think that's debatable. There's there's definitely no giant doll man bursting out of the walls in this movie. Whoa, spoilers for the boy, in case anyone hasn't seen it and is looking forward to it, Tim. Everyone's seen it by now. Huge numbers, especially the DVD sales. You sound like Trump right now, you know that? (laughs) Huge, huge numbers. Biggest numbers ever. All right, well, okay, I guess I'm wrapping up the show. So, uh, that has been It Comes at Night. Aye, straight face. Um, so, we, uh, we are screwed out of the night. Let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. Uh, of course, uh, October's next month, which means we're going to have a lot of bonus episodes uh, throughout the month of October, as we usually do. Uh, we are also having multiple votes. Uh, Patreon gets votes every month in the $5 tier. Uh, they're getting two votes this month, uh, one of which is for knee-high mischief movies, which includes Ghoulies, Critters, Gremlins, and Puppet Master. Oh, uh, always makes me laugh. <laughs> the other Patreon vote is for Classics, which includes Phantasm, The Thing, The Shining, and The Omen. Mm-hmm. So, we'll be doing one of each of those sets uh, next month, but there's also a third vote, which is open to the public. There'll be a link in the description below. Uh, it's a werewolf vote, and the options are Cursed, Wolfin, The Howling, and Werewolf of London. So make sure you go into the description below uh, and click on the link, and you can give a vote on that. Uh, and we'll do one of those next month, along with a lot of other movies, because it's October, and we are mm-hmm. going to punish ourselves. Because we're going to punish ourselves with so many episodes in October, <laughs> we are going to take the first a week of November off from streams just one week to recharge the batteries and then we'll be back in in the second week but October is going to be hectic we're looking at like four reviews a week basically which is going to just about damn near kill us and we usually do two for the record so we're doubling our load okay <laughs> which comes at night <laughs> double loads at night got it <laughs> Tim, you've turned this into a, a sham. <laughs> An absolute sham. That has been Screws After Midnight. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv where said voting uh, usually takes place. And that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching scary movies. And we'll see you next time.